You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest installment in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight, Agents 7 and 13 investigate UFO sightings and disappearing livestock in the American West in Thunderbirds Are Glow. Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of Atomic Tales. The Huff Doll and Duster's engine screamed as Agent 13 banked right, nearly spilling me out of the passenger seat ahead of her. The biplane's wood and metal skeleton shuddered, and its fabric rippled from the strain. Ruth, do you have a beat on it? Lucky Lucy Ryan called. I barely heard her over the rushing wind. No, I screamed, fighting to keep my lunch down, never mind shooting anything. They nicknamed 13 Lucky because of her wartime exploits as a wasp flyer. At the moment, I was trying to make sure that my moniker, Ruthless, Ruth Donlevy, wasn't because Ruth had fallen out of the plane. It's coming in again! 13 shouted. Three o'clock low! I fumbled with my equipment bag, but couldn't retrieve the M3 in time. The monster swooped toward us, toothy jaws thrown wide, talons extended. Some of the locals called it a thunderbird. But to me, it looked more like a vulture crossed with a dinosaur. Scaly, bluish face and legs, black feathers, and glowing green eyes. I tried to put a couple of shots into those eyes, but Lucy suddenly twisted the plane in another direction. My 45 caliber slugs missed, but the enormous bird's claws nearly took off my head as it soared past. A smell of rotting meat assaulted my nostrils, and I got a close-up look at the creature's luminescent underbelly. That greenish-white glow had been mistaken by stargazers for UFOs flying overhead. As I clutched my gun with one hand and the biplane's fuselage with the other, I'd have preferred facing flying saucer aliens to this mutant beast. Lucky Lucy whipped the plane around again, like an amusement park ride as the monster came at us once more. And to think today had started out so... normal. Don't you go messing with our Thunderbirds, G-Men. The long-haired young man in a beaded vest and jeans warned Agent 13 and me. They're sacred. Who are you? I asked as Lucy and I stood in front of the general store outside Little Mesa, Arizona. We'd been sent to this desolate place west of the Grand Canyon to check into UFO reports. I'm Jimmy Skycloud, the man replied. And my people have been living here for generations. Clearly his rant was in reaction to the questioning Agent 13 and I had done in the nearby town. Until now, we'd found the residents accommodating, if somewhat reluctant, to provide details of what they'd seen, though it was Little Mesa newspaper reports that had caused the U.S. Science Bureau to send 13 and me. We don't need folks from out east interfering in our traditions. Jimmy finished balling up his fists and glaring at us. 
I figured either Lucy or I could take him, but it's always better to play nice with the locals if you can. Just then, a woman in an embroidered blouse and fringed skirt stormed out of the adobe storefront. A bigger load of baloney I've never heard in my life! She called, shaking her finger. Your people may have lived in Little Mesa since the 1890s, but you're no more Indian than I am, Jimmy Schuyler. Her outburst startled Jimmy. But I've seen the eyes of the Thunderbird glowing in the night sky, Jane. He protested. I've become one with this land and its native people. Become one with local weeds since you went to that college in San Francisco is more like it. The woman Jane replied. Now you get before I call your parents. Jimmy got, looking abashed, as he climbed into a battered jeep and drove east toward town. Jane smiled at us. Now what can I do for you nice people from the government? I'm Jane Marsh, and this is my store. I'm Agent Ruth, I said as we shook hands. And this is Agent Lucy. The U.S. Science Bureau sent us to look into the disappearances of sheep and goats around here, and whether those livestock problems bear any relationship to the lights in the sky people have seen. That young man mentioned Thunderbirds? Lucy added. Jane waved away the suggestion. Piss y'all. There's no such thing. It was the flying saucers that took those sheep, aliens from the planet Metas. I heard a woman explain that on the TV. The authorities arrested her but had to let her go because she and her husband were telling God's honest truth. Thirteen and I exchanged a worried glance. Was Sister Starlight on the loose again? So, after talking to a few other folks in Little Mesa, Thirteen said, Ruth and I hoped to do some aerial recon. We were told you had a plane to rent. Jane nodded. Best airplane in the county, she said, then added with a wink. About the only one, too. Right this way. She led us out back of the store to where a ratty-looking old crop duster sat at the end of a short sand spit of a runway. Thirteen frowned. I've flown worse. Fuel her up. Ignore City, the audio fiction rock musical, is now part of the Fantasy Network. In this post-apocalyptic future where technology is outlawed, Devin Rimpa, a scrappy spike messenger, befriends a sentient robot head named Saner0805. She embarks on a grand adventure through Ignore City to save civilization before government agents catch up with her. It's Futurama meets the Terminator, but with singing. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and podcast platforms everywhere. We'll take a look around before sunset and maybe fly some more tomorrow. A half hour later, the sun was dipping toward the western horizon, and we were soaring above the Arizona countryside, checking out the nearby mesas, buttes, and valleys, anywhere UFOs or mythical birds might hide. Is that the Grand Canyon to the south? I called back to Lucy, who was naturally enough behind the stick. Can't hear you! She replied, her voice barely carrying over the wind. I started to shout louder, but just then I spotted something darting toward us from a mesa to our left. What's that? I shouted, pointing. Thirteen looked in that direction. I don't know. She banked the creaky Huffdollin just in time as a black something, easily as big as our plane, swooped past. Holy frijoles! I cried. Ruth, grab your guns! Lucy shouted. And hang on, it's coming around again! Ruth! Nail this sucker! Thirteen cried as the Thunderbird zoomed toward us from below. I tightened my harness and did my best to bring both my agency 45s to bear, trusting that Lucy wouldn't dump me from the plane as I fired. The automatic sounded like pop guns against the howl of the wind, and I think I probably hit the monster, but it kept coming. Unfortunately, with the plane bucking like a bronco, I also managed to put one through the delicate fabric of the lower right wing. 
Only Lucy flipping the plane sideways kept us both from being killed by the Thunderbird's enormous deadly talons as it hurtled past. Do not shoot the plane! Thirteen screamed as she righted us once more. I didn't mean to! I replied, holstering my guns and reaching for the bag with the M3 again. Do not shoot the plane again! She emphasized. Don't make me wish they'd sent Deadeye with me. I wish they had. As she leveled us off, I dug into the duffel again. Finally, I exclaimed, freeing the M3 submachine gun from the bag and readying it for action. Where is that bastard? I looked around but didn't see our target anywhere. It's on our tail! Thirteen called. Sure enough, the slavering mutant bird was on our six. I swung the gun around. Do not shoot me! Lucy warned. Do you want the gun? I asked, wind threatening to whip the weapon out of my hand. No! Hang on! I'm pulling an Immelman! When you've got a clear target, shoot! Turned out an Immelman was a half-loop climbing up with a flip at the top to turn us, and my stomach, right side up again, facing the other way. The Huff-Dolan's fabric, wood, and metal screamed all the way through it, barely holding together. But as we came out of the turn, the bird lay dead ahead of us, coming straight on in an enormous game of sky chicken brought the gun to bear. Do not shoot through the propeller! Lucy warned. You'll cut it to pieces! Shoot the thing's belly! I had no idea how to do that when we were aiming for a head-on collision, but I had to trust my fellow agent. She kept us alive so far. The monster zoomed toward the biplane. Its fetid breath washed over us. As we were about to hit, Lucy nosed the plane down. The Thunderbird soared overhead and I emptied the M3, all 32 shots, into its glowing belly. That killed the beast, but nearly finished us as well. The dying bird's talons raked our top wing as it passed, tearing the canvas to shreds. Then the Huffdalen and the monster were both spiraling toward the desert floor thousands of feet below. I held on with all my might, not caring that the empty M3 slid out of the cockpit and careened through the open air. Somehow, at the last instant, Thirteen managed to straighten us out. The Huffdalen hit the earth with a spine-rattling impact that shook my eardrums like a thunderclap. Our landing gear buckled, and then we were skidding, twisting, the fabric skin tearing off the plane. The ruined biplane tilted left, and pain shot through me as both the fuselage and my left leg slammed into the ground. I screamed, and just as I thought we were done for, we stopped. You okay, Ruth? Thirteen asked. I think my ankle's pretty busted up. You? Lucky, as usual. Rattled and bruised, but otherwise okay. She climbed out of the aviator's seat behind me, what was left of it, and then helped me from the wreckage. I think I spotted the store over that next ridge, she said. Can you walk it? My left ankle wasn't happy, but if it's that or wait here to see if there's any more of those birds, I'm walking. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions. Tonight's episode, Thunderbirds Are Glow, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. It was produced and edited by Christopher R. Mim, who also played Jimmy Skycloud Skyler. Read by Stephanie Mim as Agent 7, Ruthless Ruth Donlevy, and Jane Marsh, and featured Kifley Scott as Agent 13, Lucky Lucy Ryan. Be sure to tune in next month for more Atomic Tales. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. 
Join the conversation at the Monster Conservancy at SaveMonsters.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2022 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. This is the St. Euphoria Audiocast Network.